Welcome to Job Seekers Radio. I'm Scott. And I'm Andrew. And this production is meant to provide meaningful support to you, the listener, to find great careers faster. That's whether you're working or not. So today on Job Seekers Radio, we're doing a question and answer. These are career questions that have come to us from all over, and we have a few that we want to read out and respond to. We'll do these occasionally where we grab these questions and answer because we find these consistent themes that come up over and over again, and we want to make sure that you have some tangible answers from Scott and myself. Right. So we'll, we'll mention this at the end as well, but if you have questions, whether in response to things that we say in this podcast or any others, uh, we want you to give us that feedback. Ask the questions either on the website or in the uh, rate and review, and we will answer your questions as well. It's super easy. Just go to jobseekersradio.com. There's a contact us little section on there. It's super easy right. to do that. So let us know if you have questions. We're going to talk about a few questions here. The first question is, I just met a group of people through my current employer who do the type of work that I would like to do. How do I let the group know that I want to join that particular group? So we're, we're understanding this to mean that he is in, he or she, we'll just say he this time, he's in a position, he works for somebody who has a client, and it's the client who is doing the work that this guy wants to do ultimately. And that can be pretty tricky, but I think that if you're in, especially if you're in a sales position where you are being introduced to this group or company, whatever it is, and you discover that they do the kind of work you want to do, if you're in sales, you should be doing a follow-up conversation with them anyway. And so when you think about the fact that everyone likes to talk about what they do, about their own strengths, about the things that make them feel good, especially professionally, then to go to that company and say, hey, I want to circle back. I want to have a follow-up conversation with you. You schedule that and you let them, the, the company know, I want to know more about what you do. How did you get into that kind of work? How do you find clients? How do you get involved in that? And you're asking questions about that person's career. That makes them feel good. And so as you continue to show your curiosity about that and you can talk about your own skills that would make you a good candidate for doing that work, you don't have to ask the company, can I join you? They will ask you to join them. Yes, it'll just happen organically right. because you took initiative. You became the agent of your career. And I would ask myself in this situation, how is it that you're in a role that you don't feel is fulfilling enough for you to start. Right. And, and, and there are some good reasons for that. But I, I know. That but it's yet, a good question. Here's a question I would ask as a yep. coach to this person. Are you just trading one for another or is this a grass is greener situation? And we ignore the virtue and the value that we're already getting to take something else because we think it's better. Now, it could be that as the consultant, he is in the general field, but not doing the actual work that really drives him. In that scenario, then basically what you want to do is network into the company. The person that it was in charge of your meeting where you witnessed what you like doing, that's your first step. But you should also be 
reaching out to others within the, the group, or at least within that, that specific field, to network, to show your interest, to, to be curious. I want to know more about that specific process or that specific outcome. How did you get there? just so you show your curiosity, you're going to get some interest. You may even, especially if this is a project, if you're doing a project as a client vendor relationship, I would volunteer to either lead that project or be integral in the success of that project so you can demonstrate skill not only to your employer, but to the client yes. where you want to do the work. I hesitate to suggest to people that they use their current job in order to get the job from one of their clients. And the thing is, it happens all the time. I've, I've known several people in my career who end up going to work for the vendor or the client or the whoever the other party is because they saw the value that this individual gave to the company that currently employed them. So uh, I, I think about my friend Kristen, who we were both working for the same um, corporate housing company, and she was really good at doing the coordinator work that she was doing, but she wanted to move up and was continually stymied for a number of reasons. Basically, our employer saw her as being really valuable in her role and didn't want her to leave. So they wouldn't give her the opportunities to grow. And so once our partner company got an idea of just how valuable she was and how much she did and how talented she was, they offered her a job to do exactly what she wanted to do. She, she wasn't trying to manipulate anything. It's just that's the way that happened. If you really are passionate about working, doing the work that this other company is doing, network. Just do your networking. And stay present. Yeah. It may not be that there's any job available now, that, but things happen. That, I think good point. The, the, the example I always give is, hey, it, it, there may not be an opportunity today, but tomorrow could somebody get fired? Could somebody retire? Relocated? Promoted? God forbid they die. Not that you'd wish that on anybody. Well, maybe somebody. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, but these things happen. Laugh. That's called the natural course of business. Yeah. Talk to them. Talk to them. Just Find stay out. present, yeah. stay connected, yep. incubate that relationship over time. And when opportunities are presented where you can fill a gap for that company, you're going to be in a position of strength. So our next question Am I applying wrong? This individual, we, we're not going to read the entire question because it kind of runs on. The, this person has been out of a job for about a month. She goes on to say she has 400 active applications out. She's heard back from maybe five, could be four. My mom says I'm not networked enough to work out here. Could that be what it is? Yes. Yeah. Th that's the simple answer. Yeah. Anytime I hear somebody that's keeping track of applications and trying and and through their analytical mind, I, I can sniff it out only because I'm like that. Well, analytical. People, yeah, and people talk about applying for for work as a numbers game, and I guess that is a perspective you can take. That you know, if you're going to send out a thousand resumes, you might get an interview. Yeah, that's not really an effective way to judge your job search. Well, it can be if you uh, track your numbers. In this case, uh, we're looking at five out of 400. Yeah, so th that, that 1%? Raises, raises the question, why would you keep doing that? Well, or is there something wrong with the way you're applying? Right. Is it the resume? Are you just... So there may be are you, some are you, specifics. Are you chasing things that aren't demonstrated experience oh, okay. on your resume? Yeah. Where it's very clear that you're not a match? 
you're just applying to apply. Oh, cross my fingers, maybe they'll give me a chance. Well, part of her her background here, the, the long-running question, is that she has a customer service background and IT help desk, but she wants a full IT job. And yet she doesn't necessarily have all the skills she needs. She Her background certainly doesn't show the idea of being a full-time help or IT position, all she has is the help desk. And she doesn't go into anything about what her strengths are, uh, what her interests are. She just wants an IT job. When she then finishes with, my mom says I'm not networked enough to work out here. Okay, I think you've got your answer. Doing the networking will help you answer a lot of the questions, come up with a better story, and actually make those 400 applications or 300 ap applications actually effective. It's added effort yeah. that will push you over the top. Well, it, it, when you think about the added effort, that hopefully means added value. As you're talking about what is it that you really want to do? Do you know what that is other than just getting a full IT job? What does that actually mean? There are so many things, so many questions that this this question yeah. generates that it's hard to and make And as the a answer. coach, that's what we're thinking, right? right. So it's like, uh, I've got well, about 10 understand. questions. Yeah. Yeah. I've got like 50 questions already because she starts off also, I got it fired about a month ago. So, well, oh, well, well, hang on. Yeah. What why'd, you get, why'd you get fired? <laughs> yeah. What happened there? The reason why we're actually including this question is there are a lot of questions that should be answered before you get to why is this not successful. And if you need help in discovering those questions, networking is going to help you get some of the answers. If you can afford to have a coach, this is the person who would really probably benefit a lot from a coach because that coach is going to be able to ask the questions, what happened when you lost your, lost your job? What was going on? You know, if you have a customer service background and you were let go, is it because you weren't providing good service? Or was it because you were showing a lack of interest in doing that work because your interest is actually getting the other job? There are so many things to unpack in all of that. We can't offer a treatment until we've diagnosed the illness. And right now, there's too many questions for us to make an assessment. But what I would say in terms of advice is know what you're going for. Make sure all of your materials, your LinkedIn, your resume are in alignment with that thing right. you're seeking. And, and, to, and then go talk to people. Know why you want that too. Yes. Know why you want what you want. These are things that are basic questions that you should be able to answer. Because if you're just putting the application out there and nothing else, hopefully you're writing cover letters when you send these out, then that begs the question, what are you saying in the cover letter? Yeah. There's so much that you, you need to dive into. For this individual, I'm going to say, listen to your mother. <laughs> Start you say that to everybody. <laughs> well, <laughs> not everyone, but most. Get out there. Start talking to the people who are doing the work you want to do and Make sure that you can then answer the question why you want to do it too. Let's move on to the next career question. This person asks, does applying willy-nilly for internal job postings damage your career? I apply for pretty much anything I'd slightly consider. I had a conversation yesterday with a coworker and they made the comment they didn't think they'd apply for a job. That would be a lateral move, but does sound kind of interesting. 
as they'd want to don't want to appear scattered and un- unfocused. This had never occurred to me. What are your thoughts? I agree with the coworker. <laughs> um, yeah, I think applying willy-nilly either inside your company or outside of your company is it's not a good idea. And the reason why is because if you're just applying for everything and then someone asks you, why do you want this job? How do you respond to that? There's no focus. Yeah. I just here. want a job. Well, that's nice. You know, tell me why I should hire you then. It, it, it's, it's a weak starting point. It typically comes from a position of I'm bored. I'm not engaged. I'm not fulfilled. There's something else going on here. That's exactly. not, there's, a, there's always a question behind or an answer behind an answer or a question behind a question. Right. That hasn't been discussed yet. Let, let's put the best possible spin on this. I apply willy-nilly for every internal job I can because I love this company and I want to learn more about it. If that's the case, don't apply for the job. Do the job shadowing through your company to show your interest in the company. If you keep doing that, you, you will become visible to the company leaders who understand that you want to know as much as you can about this job so that you can really create a career within it. That is going to be really good for you. But if you're not having those conversations, how will they know? If you're just applying, it comes to the idea of the spaghetti, you know, Mm. You, you throw it on the wall to see if it sticks. Well, gosh, you go I, through an awful lot of spaghetti that way. We should have a movie called The Accidental Candidate. Oh, <laughs> that's a good idea. That would be a good one, wouldn't it? Is that, like hey, that. we're just going to do this on for practice? Right. I mean, what's the point? Well, and that that's fine. I, I'm having it been makes an you actor really good in at my data youth, entry. Well, yeah. Maybe, maybe you're just demonstrating to everybody you know. I want to be a receptionist. <laughs> Um, nothing wrong with being a receptionist. I actually know I have a couple of friends that love doing the work because that's how they meet so many people. The idea is if you have no focus, then you have a weak story to tell. Why, it's not very compelling. That was exactly where I was going. Why would people listen to you? If you're applying to every job just because you are bored or because you don't know what you want to do. There are other ways to find out what you want to do, other ways to keep from being bored. I don't think that's a good strategy. And you mentioned earlier, I think, about StrengthsQuest or StrengthsFinder. There's a number of different assessments that you can take with very little money. And often your company probably has uh, these types of services already available to you if you were to ask. Yes, yeah, talk, talk to your HR or your development folks to find out what learning opportunities you have available. Trust me, if they make these things available, and many companies do, especially the larger the, the company, the more they can offer, take advantage of them. If you are always taking advantage of self-development opportunities and coming back to the company table to say, I want to, to add more value, and that's the conversation you're having, then you're going to be able to move into the other positions. But that also means you don't have to be applying willy-nilly. I just think that's a a weak strategy. Be more active. Be more engaged. Take control. You know, we ask this a lot too. What do you want to do? Decide that first. Don't just apply for everything. It's scattershot. It it doesn't help you. That brings us to schizophrenic question number four. (laughs) I'm just kidding. We're just putting some humor into this. Uh, This is actually a two-part question. Uh, I've been looking for some new jobs passively in uh, technology. 
Question number one, why do some recruiters flat out ignore profiles and offer jobs that are completely too high level? Uh, it sounds like a, um, a candidate mismatch. Yeah, that, that's a, what a candidate I got feeling mismatched. Yeah. So okay. let, let's just say that he is he, he's working in data analytics, I think is what the, the profile said. And he's a recent college graduate. Someone has reached out to him about a job for which he's not qualified. Or he doesn't feel. That he doesn't feel qualified. Feel qualified. Okay. My response to that, having recruited over the years, is they see something that interests them. And it may be that they don't need you to be fully qualified with a lot of experience because you're going to have opportunities to grow into the position. If that's the case and they're already expressing interest and uh, potential value in you, that's a compliment. And the way this was worded, I'm wondering if you're looking at that, that there's something wrong with that. I think it's a compliment. Um, I, I would take advantage. Yeah. Tell me more about the role. Yeah. And okay, so as you see on my, um, my, profile. On my profile that I don't have the experience here, is experience really a linchpin in the success for this or will I be learning along the way? Mm. You may be handed on a silver platter a great opportunity. Now, if instead you come back and you challenge them and why don't you look at the profiles? Did you even look at my profile? Yeah. I'm going to say thank you, have a great day because that, that's not an appropriate response. Yeah. Well, not to mention that recruiters take abuse all day long. Yeah. That they, they have... Uh candidates they're dealing with, hiring managers they're dealing with, they're trying to schedule interviews, they're trying to get offers out. Yeah, that, 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 that's not... They don't need grief yeah. from a candidate that, right. that, is, Especially being, that it, is being abusive. Yeah, the, the other side of this, if you have a coach, your coach should be asking you, why on earth would you, would you ask that of your recruiter? Or why do you look at it that way? Because there's a good likelihood that you think you're not capable when somebody else sees capability. That is something mm. you really want to work on to, to become more confident in your, your natural abilities. And why would you say no for the hiring team? That one kind of baffles me. Yeah. Well, there was a second part to the schizophrenic question, and that is what defines the pay level in contrast to the skills required? And in this case, he provided some low unemployment numbers and what appears, at least to me, to be low compensation numbers for the geography he's in. Uh, okay, so let's answer that on, on its face. The, the idea that we've got really low unemployment in our area and you're offering a low pay. Well, most companies, at least... If they're large enough to have a compensation analyst or manager, they're going to be looking on a regular basis at what the market in your geographic area, as well as within the field, what does that pay for that level? Most companies that I work with directly or know about generally don't start people at even the middle of the salary range. They're going to be a little bit lower than the mid-range of what they might have budgeted for that position. Most companies will not tell you what the budget is. They're just going to tell you, if they say anything at all, they'll tell you what the, the target pay is. But that's because they're looking at a whole bunch of different factors. What I generally tell people is you need to do your homework as well. What research have you done about the job that you're looking for in the geographic area that you are, are looking? Given your skill set, what, what is the pay rate that you think is fair? And I, I never tell people come up with a single number. Always work in a range, right? 
Because then if their range overlaps with yours, now you know where your sweet spot is. And both of you win in, in that situation. What, what I'm getting from this is a lot of assumption about what you think is a low salary. And it may be that this company has that job title is actually the lower pay. Who knows? And job titles from company to company are going to vary based yeah. on roles, duties, responsibilities, and compensation. Absolutely. That's why it's so important to actually get to the interview, understand the role, and make a decision on compensation later on. When you understand the role and they understand your skills and you agree that you want to work there. Right. So this person is a, a recent college grad. I think that's great. Mm -hmm. So he, he's been exposed to all these different things within uh, data analytics, all the, the different... Uh, um, and he's fresh. Yeah. yeah. And, but, but he has all this knowledge. That, that's fantastic. Maybe not a lot of experience. But is it possible that the role that's being filled doesn't need all that? Is it sure. possible that the role that he is applying for is actually focused in a small area and they really need somebody with a limited skill set to come in and do this kind of work? So that actually makes sense that the lower salary is there. Well, it could be a contract firm, it, staffing. Yeah, there are a lot they're, of They're billing here. at 150 and paying 25. Right. Yeah. I don't know. Okay, so there's so many variables there. But what, what I'm, the feeling I'm getting from this, Scott, is he's kind of a passive candidate. These recruiters are coming to him. He's being combative. And the, the salary, if it's a recruiter reaching out to you at the front end of the conversation, that's too early to have any salary discussion. I agree. And we talked about that, I think, in another podcast about, yeah. you know, how do you handle that salary question? Um, I'll see if I can locate that and put it in the show notes. But the idea is, hey, I'm, it's a little early in the process to be discussing compensation. I would like to learn more about the requisition, the, the role. Right. And I'm sure you have a budget. What's your budget? You may not get that number. Well, and and, and so, just push it forward rather than pushing it away. Match your skills, whether they're experience or, or educational, it doesn't really matter. See if it's actually a match to the role that you're talking about. That you would desire to have. Right. Maybe you are qualified to do senior level work because there's no one else out there that can do that work. Sure. Maybe not. A candidate pool of one. Who's it, got all the leverage now? Yeah, again, I, I would have this person talk to a, to a coach or to a friend who is could mentor him to, to really dig a little deeper into what it is he's looking for and why he's making the assumptions that he's making. That brings us to the last question of the podcast. It's been so wonderful being with you folks, but this is the last question. Uh, is reaching out to a recruiter from a company too much after submitting for a job on their site? After applying for a job, would it be too much to also reach out to a recruiter on LinkedIn? No, it's not too much. I think it's a, a best practice, actually. Now, be gentle when you do. If you come on too forcefully, then that probably is going to turn that person off. But with that said, there's nothing wrong with reaching out to a recruiter after you've submitted your, your resume. Know that a lot of people do that, so it's unlikely you'll be the only one. The bigger question is, is the recruiter actually going to see your message and respond to it? Good point. And, and I can imagine, I'm just thinking out loud, right? And you've probably been there, that the average recruiters probably carry in 30 to 50 requisitions, 100 plus candidates per requisition, That's plus all the teams are supporting, the offers, right. interviews, all that. It's a lot of work. That's a lot of email. Yeah. Okay. My suspicion is they may not be seeing that email or they might have filters set up that any emails from candidates kind of flow into Neverland, if you will, and they only respond to emails from their own corporate structure. 
or they're responding to emails that are re replying to their initial contacts. Mm. Yeah, unfortunately, email is a great way to screen out a lot of messages. So, but with that said, if you have an opportunity to actually speak to the person, then take advantage of that opportunity. Just don't beat them up about it. Just, hey, I, I submitted my resume. I hope that I can be considered and then give them one compelling reason why they should look for your resume. It may be that you not only reach out to the recruiter, but maybe you find somebody you know, a friend, a family member, whatever, somebody you used to work with that works inside the company and let them know you applied and see if they can't put their, their two cents in on right. your candidacy. So the other, the later part of it, would it be too much to reach out to the recruiter uh, on LinkedIn. Again, no, but LinkedIn is a great opportunity to find out if you know somebody else on the inside. I just helped a friend of mine recently. He was applying for a job that it turns out an acquaintance of mine actually works there. And so although he doesn't work inside HR, he, he agreed to at least help where he could so I could introduce him, the two of them, to see if maybe something could happen. That is a great tool. Don't hesitate to reach out to somebody on the inside. That does it for this episode of Job Seekers Radio. You can get all show notes and resources at jobseekersradio.com forward slash zero five one. We uh, also want to call your attention to a free resource that we've created. Download from the jobseekersradio.com the free ebook, Anatomy of a Networking Conversation. This is something Andrew and I put together just for you. And every single question here, the answer could be in that networking to find the solution to that problem, whatever that problem might be. So thank you for joining us for this episode of Job Seekers Radio. Your investment of time and attention is really appreciated. Head on over to iTunes. In fact, there's a link right here in the show notes, whether you're on the mobile device or on the web. Go ahead and click that iTunes link and subscribe to get future episodes. While you're there, could you please leave us a quick rate and review? We appreciate any feedback that you can give us. Right. And that, again, we, we want your questions. We love doing the question and answers. So please send your questions to us and we'd be delighted to include them on our next Q&A. Thank you so much. This is Andrew. And I'm Scott. Until next time.